I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. And for today's GeoQuiz, soup's on. Well, not just any soup. Ramen, to be exact. Almost every region in Japan has its own kind of ramen. For our GeoAnswer, we want a big bowl of the cloudy, milky-looking ramen that comes from Japan's southernmost island. Besides being known for its top ramen, this island's also known for being the location of Japan's most active volcano, Mount Aso. And that volcano makes for an island with many hot springs. So whether it's hot soup or hot springs, you'll find it on the Japanese island we want you to name. But you will have to get your order in quick. The answer's coming up in a couple of minutes or so. Now, let me explain why I'm talking about food. See, whenever I eat in a really nice restaurant, I always wonder, where does a head chef like to eat when he or she is off work? You can always ask, I suppose, or you can turn to a 600-page guide called Where Chefs Eat. It's just come out. It highlights restaurants all around the globe, from Auckland to Zurich, recommended by more than 400 top chefs. We'll speak with the book's editor in a moment, but first my producer and I decided to put the guide to the test and try one of the recommended places in our own city, Boston. It's a small place called Sapporo Ramen, located inside a shopping mall. That's where owner Taiji Mineo explained how he and his staff make their signature soup. You know, we started this recipe uh, about uh, three and a half years ago. It's a very modern recipe, uh, chicken-based, really thick soup. yeah, I think uh, it's very hearty, you know? It's very satisfying. A few years ago, our soup was uh, pork-based, like Kanto. Kanto region is like a Tokyo and Yokohama region, that style. More like a clear kind of a soup. This is uh, more of a southern type. This is uh, from uh, actually like the Kyushu Island. Kyushu style. Um, I'd like the house ramen, please. Uh, no thanks, just the soup. Thank you. So if you look into this very complex bowl of soup, you've got this broth that we just heard about, cooked with chicken bones. You've got some corn floating around in here, lots of it. These delicious noodles, wheat noodles, sliced pork, seaweed, scallions, and that's pretty much it. But the combination is magical. There's nothing else I can say about it. So I'm not going to be rude, but in Japan, to slurp means you appreciate the ramen. Mm. So deserves it. So we got a great bowl of ramen, as you can hear, at Sapporo Ramen, which, by the way, is recommended by Boston chef Ken Oranger. And you heard Sapporo Ramen's owner give the answer to our geo-quiz, too. It's the Japanese island of Kyushu. Now, back to the food. The man behind Where Chefs Eat is food writer and restaurant critic Joe Warwick. The chefs that prepare very complicated, intricate food and work in very upscale restaurants, when they go out, yeah, they want something more immediate, they want something more casual. They will go and eat at those other fancy restaurants, but they'll do that almost as homework to see, to keep up with the competition, to mm. see what their peers are doing. But when they want to relax, like us, they want to relax somewhere laid back and fun. So we've got places in there like Noma, 
places like the French Laundry, like Per Se. But that's really just a small part of the guide because, let's face it, everyone knows about those places. Right. They're, they're in lists of you know gastronomic destinations all over the place. To me, what's really interesting are the little fast food stands. I mean, we've got a herring wagon in Stockholm. Mm -hmm. We've got a place that does something called a wet burger in Istanbul, which is a burger that they steam in this chili sauce. I often hear stories, and I don't know how many of them are true, that you know, so-and-so celebrity chef has only a six-pack of Heineken and a jar of Dijon mustard in their fridge. What is your own experience as a food writer and critic? How many chefs actually enjoy cooking at home? I, I think a lot of chefs don't cook at home, but I think increasingly they eat out, and I think chefs either eat well or they don't eat at all. And they have got opinions on where they want to go for the best burger, where they want to go for the best fish and chips, you know, street food, things like that. I think chefs are particularly good at picking late night places. Um, I mean, I went to Blue Ribbon Sushi here in New York, which is open until four in the morning. Oh, the Izakaya place. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, uh, and I think chefs, because of their working hours, are really strong on late night places. But I think they do like to eat out. And I think that, you know, the days of the chefs being artisans that are chained to their stoves and don't get out and don't travel, those are gone. And these mm. guys, they get out, they travel. They're passionate about cooking, but they're passionate about eating out. And when they go somewhere, you know, they want to go to the best place, <laughs> you know, for whatever. Right. Two and a half thousand restaurants recommended in here, places like London, Hong Kong, Sao Paulo. But what is the most remote place featured in your guide? Because it's 600 pages plus, and I haven't gone through the entire thing. We've got a place called Favakin, which is up in the north of Sweden. That's a chef called Magnus Nielsen. Uh, way, way, way up in the north of Sweden. Near right, the, this program near the spoke with Magnus Nielsen uh, not too long ago. So I think he's, he's probably, you know, the most remote restaurant. We've got a lot of places in Iceland. We've got places in Newfoundland. Um, we've got a lot of places in Lima. We've got a restaurant in Bali. You know, New Zealand, um, we had a great response from the chefs as well, which I think is someone, you know, no one really thinks about New Zealand as being a place to go for restaurants. But actually, particularly in London, I know we've got loads of um, chefs from New Zealand who are really contributing to our restaurant scene. So, you know, they've got great ingredients there and they've got a really interesting restaurant scene there as well. Um, so, yeah, all over. But probably Magnus Nielsen's place, which unfortunately I still haven't been to. That's on the list for this mm. year. Um, sounds to me probably the most remote. <laughs> what, what's the best recommendation you've ever gotten from a chef? I've just come back from a road trip um, in Charleston, uh, down South south, Carolina, I, yeah. in south Carolina. I drove up, I drove in a car up from uh, Florida all the way up to New York which was fun. But we stopped in Charleston, South Carolina, went to a very good restaurant there called Husk. And there are numerous uh, great restaurants in Charleston. Yeah. And, and then went to the Harmony Grill, which, you know, at the other end of the scale, which was a, you know, famous kind of breakfast place, had my shrimp and grits. Yeah. So, you know, those were places, Harmony Grill was somewhere I was recommended by Sean Brock from, from Husk. So that was a great recommendation that came from a chef recently. Well, listeners, if you want a restaurant referral, this is a place to come. Got a lot of great recommendations here. Joe Warwick, the editor of Where Chefs Eat, a guide to chef's favorite restaurants. He spoke with us from New York. Great to meet you. Nice to talk to you too. Thank you very much. You can see a video of my lunch at Sapporo Ramen here in Boston and get a list of where radio hosts eat. At least this one, my list of favorite eateries, is at theworld.org.